This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to another episode of a Cincy fan talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP, rolling with you on a on a rainy Tuesday. It's, it's coming down where I'm at. Um, whenever you listen to this, it might not be. Situations might change, what have you. <laughs> but it's a little gloomy out here. Um, still loving it though, or appreciating being around, living this life, you know, Hey, we here, we got to do what we can with it. So, um, we're going to get into a lot of sports talk, um, a little bit of reminiscing, um, talk to y'all a little bit about, um, if it's tougher to be a young person now or back in the day. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. I had an interesting conversation, so we're going to kind of jump into that. Uh, first going to get into all this sports that's going on. Um, going back to 2020, when at this time, two years ago, it was desolate out here in the, in the sports world, there was literally nothing going on. I mean, it was so bad. Like we, we got to tell our grandkids this real talk. It was so bad. We were tuned in to ESPN and watching games of horse remotely. Somebody would take a shot out in Phoenix, and then somebody else to take a shot out in Providence, Rhode Island, or something like that. And they're just going back and forth. And we're watching this remotely. And it's like real live, you know, sports stars doing this. That was sports for a little bit. We were watching athletes play video games, like best of three in 2K. It was, it was, we, we was down bad, like <laughs> real talk. So, Having the hoop going on with the with the NFL draft going on with baseball all together, man, it's it's a beautiful thing for real. If you're a sports head like myself, like this is the way it should be. As far as the NFL draft go, you know, I know a whole lot of people, whole lot of podcasts out there are gonna go ahead and drop a, you know, best five draft, worst five teams that drafted or whatever. Um by the way, shout out to Death Sports and um Death Taxes and Sports. Um they got a real good pod going on over there. Um I was able to guest um guest on there a little bit, did a little bit of co-hosting. So um it was a beautiful thing. Y'all make sure y'all check that out. Um, I'll go ahead and leave the link um on the Twitter feed. So make sure y'all check them out. They're doing big things over there, real talk. Um for me though, it's really hard for me to like break down uh, a best five like <laughs> I mean 
because of my philosophy as far as the draft. I mean, if you really pushed me to, um, Baltimore definitely took the day. I mean, drafting is what they do, and they do it well. Um, they know what they do, and that's the thing. Really great drafts aren't necessarily about the people that – they're not about cho- choosing the best person or anything like that. It's about knowing what you do as a squad and then picking people that are tailor-made to your scheme. If you do that, you got a really good draft. People might not know it at first. People might look at you and go like, you'll drive trash because why you pick him? But you got to be – you got to be confident in what you do. If you're confident in that as a team, you're going to draft well because you're picking people that are going to automatically fit. Me personally, eh, I ain't really in the rating drafts and anything like that because we're, we're not going to know. I look at, I mean, everybody's saying the Jets had one of the best drafts because they picked, you know, three of the top people in their positions. And Gary Wilson is going to be a beast for real talk. South Garden is going to do his thing. I mean, he really is. Jermaine Johnson on the edge would be great, too, for uh, New York. But for me, I'm like, shouldn't they have had a great draft? I mean, when you got three picks in the first round, really the goal is don't mess up. <laughs> like, that's the goal. As long as you cannot mess up, if you have, like, a top half draft pick, you good. Like it's it's no problem. I mean, I look at a draft like like Christmas time. Now I realize I look at the draft like Christmas. Everybody's gonna like their present when you give it to them. I mean, because it's Christmas time. You rip open the presents and the kids are like, yay, woo! And it's cool. This is what I always wanted. How did you know? Santa told me. I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta let people know Santa, Santa did that. You know, I don't, don't want to get in trouble for outing Santa or nothing like that. Uh, Santa gave it to him. <laughs> That's what he did. But everybody's gonna love their presents. If you, you'll know if you bought a really good present. If you look at the kids two, three months later, and they're still playing with it, that's how you know. That's basically what the draft is. Everybody feels good about the draft pick right now. I mean, hope springs eternal. That that's what it is. But we'll know if you have a really good draft later on this year, and definitely two, three years from now, we'll be able to look at this draft and go like, man, it just did a really had a really good draft. Or we'll be like, man, it just had a, a bust up a draft. Man, I, I remember one Christmas, <laughs> going back to the Christmas thing, and. There, there's a lot of us in the house. I mean, like, like I said before on the previous pod, my mother and my aunt are twins. My mother had three kids. My aunt had three kids. So there's six of us, and we, we pretty much always stay together to the point where I look at my childhood like I didn't have one brother and one sister. I had four brothers and one sister. That That's the way I look at it because we always stay together. So there was one year. And we were like, we really want to say good Genesis. Yep, dating myself right here, y'all. <laughs> hey, what can you do? We're like, we really want to say good Genesis. And, you know, mom and auntie are going down the line like, so what you want, what you want, what you want? We pretty much said the same thing. And like I said, there's a lot of us. You know, times are kind of hard. We got one present that year. <laughs> 
week after Sega Genesis. And it was like a collective present. And it bought us like six or seven games. And it was like, have fun. It's your Christmas present. No complaints from us because that's what we wanted. And three months later, we were arguing about who was going to play it next, you know, trying to take turns. A year after that, we were all playing the game. Um, our, our parents, mom and auntie, saw the need and filled that need. That's basically what the draft is. What you don't want to do is go like, well, everybody likes this person. Everybody likes this person. I mean, if our parents would have did that for us that year, they would have bought us like nine or ten gifts, and we would have played with like one of them. And they would have been super mad at us. Like, why are you not playing with the gifts we gave you? Dang, that sounds like me right now. Oh, oh, God, that's gross. That sounds like my parents. <laughs> we, we all will at some point. But they saw exactly what we wanted, and they were like, boom, here you go. And here are a whole lot of games that suit you. The NFL drafted the same way. You have to fill a need, and you have to make sure you get the best person to fill that need. I feel like some teams may have just gotten the best player in the draft, and that player doesn't really fit what they do. We won't know who these players are until probably midway through the year. I kind of feel like that might have happened with Detroit. I kind of feel like that might have happened with Pittsburgh. Um, Time will tell because some players are so good that they're going to adapt to any system. And maybe Aiden Hutchinson is that guy. Maybe Kenny Pickett is that guy. Um, We're going to find out. That's why I hesitate to say that any pick is a bad pick. I mean, you can't really say that right now. You can say that maybe this person doesn't fit what you do, so it might be a bad pick. And if that's an argument, I completely get that. But, yep, that's the rain right there. (laughs) But we're going to have to let that play out. And then we'll see how it goes. Um, the NFL draft is always a good time because there's no such thing as a bad pick. Everybody's zero and zero. And, hey, anybody can win the Super Bowl. That's the beautiful thing about the NFL, real talk. Um, a great season. I feel like Roger Goodell and the boys and and, and the ladies would really like everybody to go nine and eight and eight and nine. That would be, like, the most perfect season, like, Half of the teams are nine and eight. The other half are eight and nine. And there's like a nine-way playoff tiebreaker or some mess like that. Um, but that's the NFL. I mean, the salary cap has made it to where you can't really pay everybody the way you want to. That's why what the Bengals are doing is so key that they do well in these um, next few years. Because at some point, you're going to have to pay Joe. You're going to have to pay Chase, and your team's going to look a lot different two years from now than it does right now. And we're already seeing it. C.J. Uzama got got let go because they didn't want to pay him the extra dough, and we're going to start seeing this a lot more. I personally thought that the Bengals would draft another wide receiver because you're going to have to pay Chase. You're going to have to pay Higgins. Boy's going to get that door. He's going to go somewhere else. This happened before with the Bengals. I don't know if y'all remember. We had A.J. Green. We had Mohamed Sanu. We had Marvin Jones. We had a really good wide receiver room. But when you have a really good wide receiver room, people got to get paid. Like, (laughs) you're not doing this for free. You're not running out there and getting hit by 
um, five, ten cornerbacks going at you like 39 miles an hour. You're not doing this for free, nor should you. <laughs> Forget that. So Muhammad Sanu went to Atlanta to get paid. Marvin Jones went to Detroit to get paid. Couldn't hate on it. But the thing was, we didn't have the backups in the room to help him out. So you start seeing that wide receiver room dip off after A.J. Green. He started getting doubled and triple teamed. And people were saying, man, A.J. trash. No. Hard to fight over that triple team, man. So I hope that the Bengals are kind of proactive on this and they jump out the front, jump up, jump out front on all of this and make sure that they pay the people they need to pay and develop some folks behind that top three. Because, I mean, I I would personally make sure all three wide receivers get paid because that's the league we're in right now. You have to have top flight wide receivers. You got to pay them. But if Boyd isn't getting that dough here, he he's too good to sit here and take less than what he can demand on the open market. So develop those wide outs. They did a great job doing that with the safeties too. Um, getting Daxton Hill. Hey, <laughs> he a Michigan man. You know, we're not supposed to like Michigan and I don't, but once they leave college and, and they become pro, that that stuff is pretty much out the window, real talk. That's not college is college and pros are pros. That would be like somebody holding a, a high school beef with somebody and then they become college teammates and like, man, I don't mess with you. Nah, I mean, college high school is over with. College is over with. So let's ball out. <laughs> um we got the NBA playoffs jumping off as well. And like I said before, this is the time where I watch NBA basketball. I'm not watching at all in the regular season. I'm not even going to hold y'all up. People are like, man, you see that play? Nope. <laughs> you don't watch basketball? All the time. Not until the playoffs, though. The The NBA season is just such a grind, man. It's, oh, it's, it's so much. It's hard for me to get amped up about regular season games that the players probably don't care about too much unless it's, you know, April and the playoff spot is on the line. I mean, it, if you're a working person, it's really hard to have the same enthusiasm about the gig that you go to every single day. It's hard. You got to gear up for it. You got to you got to do certain things. You got to challenge yourself to go like, look, here's what I'm going to do today. That's different from yesterday. I couldn't imagine having to do that for 82 games as a pro. Man, that gotta be tough, and have that same focus when, when um, who who uh, I, I guess the I don't want to say the Pacers the trash team, but like, <laughs> cause that's my squad. But you know, a team like the Pacers rolling the town, and you gotta be amped up the same way as if the Warriors were in town. That's how you can tell who who a really good team is too. I mean, they have that same focus every single game. That's really hard to do. I mean, that's why you had to give props to the Warriors for going 73 and 9, man. That's that's tough, especially when everybody's amped up for you, but you're not necessarily amped up for everybody else. <laughs> so, I mean, that's tough. Um, so I'm not really watching pro hoop throughout the season. But once the playoffs come, I'm locked in on every game. Um, as far as who I think are going to the um conference finals. Um, in the East, I got the Bucks going against the Heat. Now, I'm sure people are like, man, that's not really a, a ground-shaking revelation right there. And and that's true. But I feel like the Bucks are the champs. 
And I don't feel like the Celtics have enough firepower to stop the um I'm off all the Celtics don't have enough uh, firepower to stop the Bucks. And that's even with Middleton not playing. Uh, I, I feel like the Bucks would be just fine because defensively they're so strong. And I feel like they'll be able to shut, not really shut Tatum down, but make it to where he's really the only option they can use. Any more than one in the NBA. So I got the Bucks versus the Heat. Um, and the Heat, they're, I mean, Without Joel and B, it's it's really not going to be much of a series. I'm, I'm sorry, Sixers fans. I'm sorry, <laughs> but without and it's this is not going to be much of a series. Um, I I got heat in five, real talk. And then in the West, I'm looking at the Warriors and the Mavericks to advance. Now this might be a little ground shaking because people are like, you don't have the Suns against the Mavericks. I feel like with Luca playing for the Mavs. This is going to be a really long series, and I think the Mavericks will have just enough offensive firepower to win this series. So I got the Mavs in seven, and I got the Warriors in six. Now, I've been going back and forth about this between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. You know, talked to a few people about it. You know, they told me their opinion. I just feel like the Warriors are the truth. I mean, you got Steph on your side. He's going to win you at least one game on his own. So... And plus the Grizzlies really messed up not winning the first game of the series. And they had it. Like, it was right in their clutches, and they let it slip. Klay Thompson missed two free throws, and you never see that. Two back-to-back, and he he missed them, and the Warriors still and the Grizz still couldn't pull it out. That's going to come back to bite them in the rear end. So I got Warriors in six. Um, I'm excited for the conference finals. This, this should be a, a really good time. It's one of those years where you don't have a clear-cut pick. I mean, there have been so many years where you're just waiting for LeBron squad to advance and face the Warriors or somebody like that, and it's already penciled in. You already know what it is, so you're watching the playoffs, but you're not really watching because you're waiting for the big showdown. This year, hey, who knows? (laughs) Whatever team you're rocking with, that could be the team that makes it to the final, so... Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think I'm right or wrong. Um, happy to listen. If you disagree, that's cool. If you agree, that's cool, too. You know, just be respectful. Let's not talk about my mama. You know, Mother's Day coming up. Chill out. <laughs> and that's what it is. Um, do we talk about the Reds? Like, I'm asking myself, do we? Do we? I guess. Worst record in the league. Um, I'm not going to really spend too much time on this. Um, I, I'll just say this, though. As much as I want to be pissed off about the Reds, you know, the players and whatnot, if you look at the schedule, this is not a schedule that's conducive to a team, to the team that's being rolled out for the Reds. Like, it's going to be hard for them to compete with this type of schedule. You're playing the Guardians. You got the Cardinals rolling in. You've played the Padres in two different series already. The Brewers are coming up next. Like, This schedule is rough. And for a team like the Reds, who basically shipped off all the great players, it's going to be tough. We're going to have pains like this. Hey, when when they said mama said there'd be days like this, she was talking about days like this. (laughs) So don't take out the heat on the players. The players are doing everything they can. Players do not tank. Um, Contrary to popular belief, 
you will not see players out there tanking. These players got they got families, they, they got kids to feed. And think about it. If they tank and lose mass games, then they're going to have other people coming in and take their jobs. And you really think they want that? No, they're going to try to ball out because they want to save their jobs. So I'm not blaming the Reds players for losing like this. They're giving maximum effort. They're doing dumb stuff. True. (laughs) But I don't think it's for lack of effort. I just think the talent's not there. If you want to put it on the front office or somebody like that, hey, I'm with you. But I can't see myself punishing the players by not watching because of what the front office did. Like it, it just it just don't seem right to me. Like it don't it don't seem cool. Now, that's not to say I'm actually watching the games because I'm not. It's it's too tough to watch, man. Like you getting scraped up by the Rockies 10-1, like turning the channel. Catch me on another day. But I'm not about to take out my frustrations on the Reds players. Uh, it just doesn't seem fair to me. Front office, that's a different story because I feel like they didn't really respect us as fans by doing what they did, you know, sending all the top players off uh, prospects or whatever. But I guess they feel like they don't owe us anything. And <laughs> from the stuff that we heard from the front office, it definitely seems that way. You got to value the fans because, you know, on somebody like me, um, I would call myself in between the casual and rabbit fan. I, I will put myself in between that. Like, I'm not the casual that doesn't know anything about it and only know like one or two players on the squad, but I'm not the fan that's going to go to Great American Ballpark with my scorecard and I'm like, you know, keeping the entire box score of the game. I'm not doing that either. Like, I'm kind of in between. So, you're not going to get me to go to a game and spend money on your product if you don't care about the product. So I hope they're really thinking about that um, as the storm continues to pour down. <laughs> hey, um, you got a Cincy fan talking with LP. We'll be right back, y'all. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Cincy fan talking with LP. And this is a Cincy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yo, 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 welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the pod, y'all. Appreciate y'all for sticking and staying. Um, I had some had an interesting conversation with somebody. Um, you know, we, we was having a little bit of a discussion about if it was tougher to be a um kid now or a young person now than it was back in the day when we was coming up. And I was on, you know, saying how kind of how tough it was for us coming up. You know, we didn't have as many of the advances that are out right now. Um, and then um, the homie said said some interesting stuff, and he really took me back to a conversation that I had. Uh, well, that we had with some kids that were in our mentoring group. So to break it down for y'all, because the guy I was talking to basically said the same thing as what this young person said. So. Um, we did a male mentoring group last year. It was a it was a real cool group. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, your mentor is supposed to be somebody that takes you to all these fancy places and stuff like that. And that can be some of it. But 
basically what we did at our school is we had a group of young men kind of chill with us and we just we just talked you know we would go out we would play some basketball and you know we play on um, board games and stuff like that but we really we really just had honest discussions you know because i really think a lot of young people just don't have people in their lives that, that are just just honest with them and they don't necessarily want to hear that everything's going to be okay you know what i mean they, they don't want to hear like well if you work hard you can be successful and stuff like that because that's part of it they just want the honest truth and you know we're always honest with them you know being smart and working hard is a big part of being successful but just as important are people skills you know you have to understand how to talk to people you know it's great to be smart but if you a jerk <laughs> you're not going to get hired you have to be able to make connections you have to be able to understand that everybody needs help you know you'll hear people saying you know they got it out the mud and they did it on their own and they're completely neglecting that somebody gave them a shot like somebody gave them a chance to be successful they may have they may have done the leg work on their own right but somebody looked at them and went like you know what i like the way you're moving out here i like what you're doing um why not go ahead and try to put you on like everybody needs assistance and that's kind of what we were letting them know so you know we're having a conversation one day and the one the one little guy we're talking to he's like you know i'm always in my dad's barber shop you know i'm always kind of working with him and you know I, I listen to what they're saying and he he was like they're always talking about how tough it was for them coming up and i'm like it's harder for us now and, and you know we're like please share like what you mean because i didn't agree and he's like you know what the biggest difference is i'm like speak on it <laughs> and he's like you know when you guys went home after school you know you were just home you know you you might see some people from the neighborhood that went to your school but you could kind of shut school off like school was off and you know you kind of had this line where there was no school he's like for us it's not like that he was like you know school is all around you, you can never escape because when you leave school you know you hop on facebook or whatever and everybody's talking about what happened and if you had a bad day you can't really escape it because everybody's talking about it and i'm like that's really true i'm like but what if you just don't get on social media like give yourself a social media break he's like you know that's true you could do that but at the same time it's really difficult because you know you always have your phone and you know you just find yourself scrolling through and i'm like i do that too <laughs> uh you 100 right and, and i was kind of telling him like i i really agree with that statement because i feel like being a young person back in the day when i was you know doing my thing and seeing kids now i kind of i've seen the progression in what technology has done you know in the classrooms and in kids social lives i mean i've been teaching for a while <laughs> like I, i've been in it for a minute um to date myself here's how long i've been teaching without telling you how long i've been teaching <laughs> one day back when i first started teaching i broke up and almost fight in my classroom because one girl told another girl that she went hard for a minute card <laughs> now now think about that for a second think about how old 
this story has to be for me to be even bringing up minute cards. And and it was for her cell phone. And I'm like, and, and the girl just got irate. She was ready to throw hands. And I'm like, whoa, well, you can't talk like that. You got to take yourself. Uh, you got to take yourself a little 10 minute break in the next classroom. Come back in 10 minutes. We're going to let everybody cool off. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be teaching, huh? Just minute guard fights. <laughs> but those are going by the wayside. But I've been teaching that long. And, and here's what I noticed. My experiences as a kid. And the experiences I saw when I first started teaching a while ago and the experiences I see now are very much alike. I can draw from my past experiences to help young people understand what they're going through. Like it is really the same. The difference is. L's are not taken in silence. That's that's the biggest difference between now and then. When you take a loss, when something unfortunate happens to you or something like that, everybody seems to know about it because the world is a whole lot smaller than what it used to be. I mean, I have friends now from like all across the country. (laughs) And back in the day when I was growing up, I had friends in Ohio (laughs) because my father lived in Cleveland. I would go see him over the summer and, you know, we would make friends in Cleveland and I was in a program where I kind of met people from other cities in Ohio. But other than that, I didn't know anybody from Texas. I didn't know people from Los Angeles or Tallahassee or Minneapolis, anything like that. that, that those are like different worlds to me. <laughs> but now it's like you meet all of these people through social media and you kind of get a glimpse on how they're living. And unfortunately, People seem to post everything and people post things that aren't even about them. So when kids come to school and they say they want to like fight somebody or they're upset with what somebody said over social media on Facebook or something like that, it's it's almost like it's common because as much as we want to tell young people, you know, just get off of it, just don't use it. It's a form of communication. Like it's how people communicate now, the same way that we communicated with pagers back in the day and the same way people communicated simply with text messaging about 10, 15 years ago. People are now communicating with Snapchat, with Twitter, with Facebook. I mean, Instagram, these are modes of communication and you can't tell people not to communicate that that's strange like well just get off of it i mean that works for us because we grew up and we didn't have those things but to tell somebody who grew up in this climate to not use that stuff you're kind of going like don't talk that's really what you're saying because you're cutting them off of communication so we kind of had a discussion you know we're talking in our group and i'm like you're gonna want to use this stuff I would simply say have design periods of time where you're like, I'm not going on the Internet at all. I'm not using Snapchat. I'm not using Instagram. I'm not using any of that from five o'clock until eight o'clock and kind of give yourself that time to um, decompress and go like, you know what? School was school and whatever happened, happened. And now I'm here with the fam or I'm here playing the video game or I'm here doing my homework. Just give yourself that time to completely 
unplug from the environment you were just in. And he said it seemed like a really good idea. You know, everybody in the group was going to try it. And I got to do that for myself, too. <laughs> as much as I like to say, you know, we didn't have that stuff back then. We kind of sort of did. You know, it was it was a little bit older school, you know, but we have forms of communication as well. We played video games as well. Our parents complained about us with our faces in screens and not paying attention to them. They were just different screens. They were more old school screens, you know? So I got to do a better job of kind of like finding ways to decompress too. Um, I play mega video games, man. Like <laughs> that's kind of my way of getting things done. But, you know, I'll read a book, get some schoolwork done or whatever. And I would encourage everybody to do the same thing. Just kind of take time to go like, you know what? It's, it's just us in our little circle right here. And we're just going to roll like that. So, and if you're a young person out there, um, we um, find, I was about to say find an old person. <laughs> just kind of find somebody that's been through it and pick their brain because you'll be surprised at how much their experiences mirror your experiences. Um, now, it's not exactly the same, but you'll be surprised that all of the experiences that we go through are kind of intertwined together. Um, my uncle used to always say it's the same soup reheated. <laughs> when when I would say stuff like, you don't know what it is right now, like you, you don't you don't get it. And he'd be like, Man, it's the same soup reheated. You know, we did the same stuff, we had the same problems. He was like, Y'all problems are just they're they're more high tech than ours. So they seem bigger, but he was like, Real talk, it's all the same. I don't think he said real talk. <laughs> but that's what I would say too. Um we get it. We we understand more than you know what you're going through. So just kind of pick their brain and ask them how they got through it. You'll be surprised at the answers. <laughs> You'll be like, I thought you had it all figured out. No, not at first. You had to, had to bumble up a little bit. <laughs> like just kind of how it go. But just make sure you do that, young folks out there. Um, before we ride out, um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Make sure you get your mom something. Um fantastic uh, i definitely plan on doing that so make sure you do that um shout out to all the college graduates out there too um uc graduated some some great people i taught back in the day graduated so that's awesome um the kid is graduating as well um my kids doing the graduation thing up at ohio state so we'll be there uh congrats to all the graduates out there uh, keep doing your thing keep progressing uh, we out here for you so let us know if you need us and as always y'all life is good Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Sensi Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.